Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Let's enjoy this today. Share this with one another. And as you're joining in, let's just believe God for some great things in our midst. This is a day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. I just decided to open today. No music, no opening. Just to lift up your spirits, lift up our voices, and let's be the church of the living God in this day and age. So Gail and James and Kirk and Joy, Bill, thank you. Thank you for making this a special place a place that all throughout the year of 2020, we've come, we've gathered, and we have just believed that God was going to do something great, that there is one final great awakening in this world today, and you and I are going to be a part of it. So thank you for being a part. So many of you come each and every day and just say, uh, encouraging words one to another, lift up each other's prayers. So thank you for being a part. This is a, this is an, um, a momentous time, a momentous, um, era in our nation's history. We are walking through what the Bible calls perilous times, the difficult days of the last days. And we're at the end of it all, the end of the end, but we believe light is in the evening. We believe that God has his way and that God will make a way. Uh, you and I probably have heard the disturbing news. One of the great voices of our day and our era, uh, Brother Irvin Baxter, End Time Ministries, has gone on to his reward. Uh, how many years, how much material, how much effort has he put into trying to describe the last days and uh, it, it's it's a day that we're living in now we never thought we'd face. Just another voice silenced by COVID and a significant voice at a significant time. We pray for the Baxter family, the End Time Ministries family. I, um, I also want you to continue to pray for those struggling with natural disasters, severe typhoon damage in Philippines where... We have so many faithful believers, many that uh, watch this devotion each morning. Hurricane damage, Central America. Uh, please consider helping out through Compassion Services International. Reach out America today. Today is the day after an election, one whose results don't seem to be known. It's a cliffhanger, may not be known for a few days, a few hours, a few minutes, a few weeks. If the election of 2000 was any indication, this could last a while. But one thing is for certain at this stage, we have a huge division in America. Some 70 million people voted one way, some 70 million people voted another way. And people of faith, people of conviction, people whose citizenship is in heaven, we find ourselves in a very familiar place a lonely but godly role. Jesus occupied that place. His cross stood between two other crosses, repentance on one hand, reviling on the other hand, paradise here, per perdition over there. 
We, we stand here. We stand in the midst of blessings and cursings. We stand in the midst of hope and despair, just as Jesus was in between. From the beginning of human history till now, the godly's always been thrust into this position, into that slender median between life and death. For Job, that person was called a daysman. For the pre-king nation of Israel, it was called a judge, wise men, counselors, people that stood in the gap. I want to use the word intercessor today, the one who stands in the gap the one who lifts their hearts and voices to God. That's where you and I are. It's not a place we relish, but it's where we are today. It's who we are today. This is not a role that we covet, but it's one that's been assigned to us at this moment, and it's so very needful. I want to talk to you today about fire and smoke, your role in the coming days. And to this most powerful depiction of fire and smoke. I, I just, I'm just, I, I'm going to borrow an Old Testament analogy, if you'd like, because here on this day after the election, in an envelope of time that could stretch for minutes, hours, days, weeks, we've got a role model. We have a role model for this very day. And I want to lift him up to you, point him out to you. This is going to help you today. It's going to help you today. It's going to help you this moment, this hour, and in the days to come. Would you share this? Take a moment and share before we dive into this. And let's look at something in God's Word. It was an unusual trio. Two brothers, one sister. The minor prophet Micah said it was by Moses, Miriam, and Aaron that God delivered Israel from Egypt. Miriam was that fearless big sister who stood watch over the ark and the bulrushes, and that brave girl who stepped forward and offered to find a Hebrew nurse for that Egyptian princess, the girl who brought the baby home that day to his mother, Jochebed. She would go on to be one of the leaders of Israel, a prophetess. And then there was Moses' brother, Aaron. He was the spokesman, the one who gave voice to Moses' experience, who stood fearlessly with his brother before Pharaoh, the one who had become high priest, and the one who played a unique role in Numbers 16. And it's here you and I find our place. We find our place for perhaps the next few hours, few days, few weeks. I don't know. Maybe God has prepared us for this for the rest of our lives. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm going to be sharing more in the days ahead. But two things were very, very obvious in Numbers, the 16th chapter. First was rebellion. Korah, who was a cousin to Moses, Miriam, and Aaron, had rebelled along with all the company. God opened the earth, swallowed them, and the fickle crowd did the inexplicable. They complained that Moses had killed Korah. Bewitched, by the spirit of rebellion. For the spirit of rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and disobedience is as idolatry. When God saw the uprising against Moses, he sent a plague, and that plague was, it was curious. It was incredibly fast-moving. It was obvious when it struck someone, and people began to die instantly. Some 15,000 people died quickly in the encampment of Israel. 
Moses' heart was touched, and he asked his brother Aaron, take your censer, your censer that you use in worshiping God as high priest, fill it with coals of fire, put incense in it, and go stand between the sick and the healthy, the dying and the living. Lift your censer filled with fire and smoke and intercede. Moses did not call for Miriam. She had a tambourine, but it was no time for tambourines. No, it was a time for a censer. It was time for something so intrinsic to God's nature that the heart of mercy would touch the perishing. Moses didn't ask for music and dance. He asked for fire and smoke. My, my, for in this age, in this hour, where last night riots occurred all across America, fires, things set on fire. In a day of fire and smoke, you and I, children of God, we have a role to play in this hour, in this moment. You and I are to lift up our censers filled with passion and devotion, our outpourings, our intercession and supplication before God. We have a role to play in this age and in this hour. When so much is on the line, God is looking for the effectual fervent prayer, the white hot prayers of righteous people, the smoke of intercession ascending from us. And that's why you see the banner running across the bottom of the screen, continue in prayer, because God is hearing our cries. You and I are to lift up censers of prayer and devotion, to stand between the death and the living, the darkness, the light, and the wrong, and the right. Aaron. Aaron, Moses may have looked at him and said, Aaron, they're angry with us. They won't come here. We've got to go there to rescue the rebellious, to rescue the perishing. Go save the suffering. Lift your heart your heart filled with fiery coals of intercession and supplications. Don't you dare discount the value of the minority. Don't discount the value of one. Aaron didn't take a robe choir with him. He didn't take a suburb organization. He had a fire and he had feet. Beautiful are the feet. Beautiful are the feet. He had passion. He had a purpose. Uh, he, He didn't need a boatload of people. He just needed He just needed to be set free and to get his marching orders. Maybe you're waiting for your marching orders right now. I say take fire and smoke into the midst of the division. I say take it. The Bible didn't say he walked. He ran into the midst of the assembly. He didn't say let somebody else do it. He didn't say these people don't like me. He didn't say these people deserve judgment. No, Aaron's heart was moved with mercy because of the suffering of the people. Somebody had to help them. He was only one, but he was determined he was going to make a difference. It was Helen Keller who once said, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. There is something you and I can do. Aaron had that sort of attitude. I'm only one, but still I am one. In Joshua's final words to Israel, he said, one man of you shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. One of you, one of you can chase a thousand if that one loves God with all their heart. One of you can make a difference. It was one boy, one sling, one stone that brought down Goliath and the Philistines. It was one girl with one testimony that saw 
her master Naaman healed of leprosy. It was one man who met one angel and led Israel to victory over the Midianites. It was one woman with one alabaster box that created a lasting memorial for Jesus. It was one who confronted Pharaoh, one prophet who challenged David, one prophet who stood before Ahab. Never underestimate your power. It takes one spark to create a flame, one flame to create one inferno. What can one do? There is only one of you, one heart, one dream, one future, one life. What can you do? You can fill your sensor, your heart with fire and smoke. That is your role in this day. What if one of you stood up for Jesus? What if one of, one of you didn't care what others thought? What if one of you would say, I'll lift my sensor. I will fill the atmosphere with fire and smoke. What if that one person is you? Notice where it says Aaron raced. He raced into the midst of the camp of Israel, number 16. He went to the heart of the problem, and there he lifted up his censer. The Bible says he took it as Moses commanded, ran into the midst of the assembly. Already the plague had begun among the people. He put the incense on the coals and lifted it and made atonement for the people. And he stood there making atonement. He stood there. One person can make a very effective stand against tyranny, against compromise, against hatred, against prejudice, against racism, for the downtrodden, for the oppressed, for those who never had a chance to speak, for the one who's too hurt or wounded to speak for themselves, for the passion, the purpose, and the lifestyle of the apostolic church, one person can lift up that censor against immorality, against the cruel treatment of others, against the taking of unborn lives, against the removal of prayer and of God from schools in the public sphere. For those who lend a helping hand, for the forces of good and right, for those who help the addicted, the bound, and the crushed, and the oppressed. That is a role you and I must play. The one that gets in the middle of things. The one that says, I could remain quiet. I could stay on the periphery, but I belong on the ragged edge between hope and despair. I'm not sure if you've ever heard the story of Telemachus. He was a young man that lived hundreds of years ago. He was told by God, go to Rome. When he arrived at the eternal city, he was caught up in the press of people headed to the games when Telemachus for the first time saw the bloodshed and gladiatorial conflict. He raced into the arena shouting, stop, stop, in the name of Christ, stop. He was killed that day. But some say it was his plea that caused those games to stop. Sometimes the role we fulfill is hazardous. Sometimes you're going to get between the sword point and the victim. You're going to get between the hurtful and the hating and the hurt and the hurting. We lift up our sensors and the fire and the smoke will fill the place. You can do this. Pennsylvania is surely to be in the news for a while, but it will probably become the focus of the nation. But what Florida was in 2000, it looks like Pennsylvania may be 20 years later. But can I go back in Pennsylvania's history, in our nation's history, when the fight for right was on the ropes? It's hard to overestimate the importance of a battle in a small town called Gettysburg. A mild-mannered theology student named Joshua Chamberlain was there. 
He was the commander of Maine's 20th Regiment. The regiment had been reduced to 80 men. They were suffering no ammunition. Chamberlain himself suffered from malaria and dysentery. But he was given the order to hold a little hill called Little Round Top against the Confederate advance. He didn't disappoint. Without ammunition, Chamberlain knew it was either surrender or charge. He chose the latter. He sounded the charge, and his little ragtag band of soldiers came charging down the slopes of that hill. And in that charge with 80 men, it became the turning point of the Civil War. When the Army of Virginia two years later surrendered its arms at Appomattox, it was Chamberlain who was chosen to receive those arms. One man, one person can. Do you have a censor? You don't need a sword. You need a censor. You got to fill it with fire and smoke. And you got to say, I'm going to occupy this place in this role, and I will fill it with my intercessory prayer. The Bible says in Numbers 1648 that Aaron stood between the dead and the living, and so the plague was stopped. Aaron couldn't do anything about those that had already died. But he said, I'm going to make a little difference for those who are still alive. I need you to make a difference for this generation. Listen to me, morning devotion group. You've got to make a difference for the unborn. You've got to make a difference for the next generation. You've got to lift up that censer of intercessory prayer and be hot on fire for God. You've got to continue in prayer because God hears our cries. Uh, Although it's hard to imagine, it's nevertheless true. One person can stand between death and life. Aaron took his stand with the censer in his hand, positioned himself between the dead and the living. Anyone who stood behind him lived. Anyone who stood before him died. Will you become a beacon of light and hope for the others? Will you reach the lost and the marginalized? Will you help those who are nearest eternity? In these next few hours and days, you are needed. You are needed to intercede. Intercede with fire and smoke and passion and prayers, with groaning in the spirit that cannot be uttered, to occupy that lonely territory between what is and what might be. As Aaron stood alone, so it is that you and I will stand alone many times in these days. We will wave the censer. We will fill the front lines uh, with our smoke of prayer and intercession. But there was something about that solitary figure standing against all odds. Something about his prayer that attracted the presence of God and the mercies of God and the plague stopped. God, we are standing before you today knowing that you and you alone are the source of life. You're the power of all life, that you can stop the harm, the hate, the bloodshed, the violence, that you alone can stop the plague, that you can unleash the spirit of righteousness and awakening. And we're asking you for hope and healing and that awakening uh, this very moment. Come, Jesus, come into our midst and work your will in these last days, for we are truly living in those last days, folks the last of the last days. You and I are needed. We have a role to play. We are the fire and smoke of intercession. For those in the First Church family, join us tonight at seven o'clock 
for First Wednesday. I'll have more to say. Leave your prayer request. Share this with someone else. Thank you, Kevin and Winnie and Hope and Kurt and Trenton. Thank you for being a part of this. Lift up your censor high. God is doing something in these last days. May God be with you. for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.